Ashley Rain Diane Palmer's book, Alexander, Chapter 5. Jordy groaned inwardly. She knew as she looked one last time at the photograph that she couldn't let a child kill her walk the streets, no matter what the sacrifice to herself. She didn't back the photograph. Yes, I'll do it, she said in a subdued tone. When do I start? Tomorrow at lunch. We'll go out to eat. You can give me the grand tour on the way. Okay. He still looked reluctant. He said with narrow eyes. Freddie just asked me out for the first time. Fast, trying to sound more dis- desperate than she actually was. Wouldn't hurt to let Alexander know that she wasn't finding over him. His expression was not easy. I thought he was engaged. <laughs> she grimaced. Well, things are cooling off. She's defended herself. His girlfriend travels all over the world. She just came back from trips to Mexico and Peru. And she doesn't pay Brody much attention even when she's here. In Peru. He seemed thoughtful. Studied her quietly for a long moment. There's no engaged, Jody. <laughs> and he thought less. However, because she was ignoring another woman's rights, of course he did. She didn't like the idea either, and she knew she wasn't going to go out with Birdie a week from Saturday. Not now, Alexander made her feel too guilty. Traced the room over trying to cook up. You're right, she had to admit. I just thought she treats him so badly. Chad Willis won't. He's a sweet man. He's always encouraged me in my job. Tell me I can do things believing in me which is no damn reason which is no damn reason to have an affair with a man he said furiously it made him angry think that another man was trying to up with Jody's ego when he done nothing but damage to it she lowered her face I'm not having an affair with him well you would if you asked he said his eyes as cold as green glass she started to argue then stopped it would do no good to argue besides it's her life and he had no business telling her how to live it how do you want me to act while we're pretending to get involved? She countered Charlie. You want me to throw myself at you and start kissing you when you walk into my cubicle? Is that the highway? I beg your pardon. <laughs> Never mind. She said roughly, I'll play it by ear. He really did seem different. She thought watching him hesitate. Uncharacteristically, he drew a USB flash drive out of his inside jacket pocket and handed it to her. Another chore. He had to glance around and make sure they weren't being over. I want you to check out this website's and email address without leaving footprints. I want to know if they're legitimate and who owns them. Their password protected and in code. No problem, she said easily. I can get behind any firewall they put up. Don't leave an address they can trace back to you, he emphasized. These people won't hesitate to kill children. They won't mind wasting you. I get the point. I'm not sloppy. She slipped the USB flash drive into her purse and finished up. Anything else? Yes. Marty said you, to tell you that she's sorry. <laughs> her eyes like, for what? For everything. And for the record, you don't owe us endless favors, debt or no debt. It's got to be. I know that. I'll have this information for you tomorrow by the time you get here. You got up to catching a bill before she had time. My conference, my treat. He said, he stared down at her with intensity that was true. Still keeping something back. He said, I didn't look him. Nothing of importance, she replied. It was disconcerting that he could read her expression that well. Do you really like working here, Jody? You're the one, he said. I needed to stop lifting and get a job. She accused with more bitterness than she realized. So I got one. I said you needed to get your priorities straight, he counted. Not that you needed to jump into a job you hate. I like Brody. Brody isn't the damn job. You're not cut out for mountain to me. He will, it will kill your soul. 
she drew she knew that she didn't want to admit don't you have a hot date she was sarcastically out of patience with his mother he said yes why don't you men aren't worth the trouble they cause she liked it oh you know he's all sarcastic with your hectic social life when Birdie's free, look out, she said he didn't reply, but he watched her all the way down the hall. She went all the way home. Alexander had such a nerve, she thought angrily he could taunt her with his conquest, use her to do his decryption work, force her into becoming his accomplice in an investigation. Wait a minute, she thought suddenly, ran rested on a person over the USB flash drive. He entrusted her with, he had some of the best cybercrime experts in the country on his payroll. Why was he friend? Forming out work to an amateur who didn't even work for him. The answer came in slowly. Yeah, she recalled bits and pieces of information she heard about during the Lopez investigation. She knew people in Jacobsville who kept in touch with her after her move to Houston. Someone had mentioned that there were suspicious suspicions of a mole in the law enforcement community. A shadowy figure who funneled information to Lopez so that he could escape capture. Then Alexander's unusual request made sense. He suspected somebody in his organization of working with the drug dealers, and he wanted someone he could trust to do this investigation for him. He felt oddly touched by his confidence, not only in her ability, but also in her character. He refused to let her help him before, but now he was trusting her with an explosive information. He was letting her into his life, even on a limited basis. He had to care about her a little. Sure he did. She told herself glumly. She was a computer whiz, and he knew it. Hadn't he paid for the college education that had been that honed those skills? Trusted ability to manipulate software and track criminal activity through cyberspace. That didn't amount to a declaration of love. She had to stop living in dreams. There was no hope of a future with Alexander. She wasn't even his type. He liked highly intelligent, confident women. He liked professionals. Jody was more like a mouse. She kept in her little corner, avoided confrontation hiding her abilities, speaking only when spoken to, never demanding anything. She traced the outline of the USB flash drive through the soft leather of the purse, not almost new at a yard sale. She perched her lips. Well, maybe it was time she stopped being everybody's lackey and started standing up for herself. She was smart. She was capable. She could do any job she really wanted to do. She thought about firing a woman with a dependent early mother and child and ground her teeth together. It's becoming obvious that she was never going to enjoy that sort of job. On the other hand, tracking down criminals was exciting. It made her face flush as she considered how valuable she could be to Alexander in this investigation. She thought of the two little Garcia boys and their poor mother, and her eyes narrowed angrily. She was going to help Alexander catch the animal who ordered that depraved execution, and she was just a woman with the skills to do it. Jody spent most of the evening and the wee hours of the morning tracking down the information Alexander had asked her to find for him. She just spared a time or two because she can run. She ran into one dead end after another. Drug dealers must have cyber experts on their own and of a high caliber. If they could do this sort of thing, this sort of thing. She finally found a website that listed information, which was on the servers, nothing more than advanced adversaries about the best sites to find UFO information. But on the, but one of the addresses considered coincided with the materials printed out from Alexander's USB flash drive as a possible link to the drug network. She opened site after site, still found nothing more than double talk about possible landing sites and dates. Most covered pages and pages of data, but the last one had only one page of information. It was oddly concise, and the sites were all 
in a defined area. Texas and Mexico and Peru. Strange, she thought. But then Peru was right next door to Colombia. While drugs in Colombia were together like apples and pie, few people outside law enforcement would connect Peru with drug smuggling. It's two in the morning and she was so sleepy that she began to laugh at her own inadequacy. But as she looked at the last site, she made sudden sense of the numbers and landing sites. Quickly, she printed out the single page of UFO landing sites. There was a pattern in the listings. It was so obvious that it hit her in the face. She grabbed a pencil and pad and began writing down the numbers from there. It was a quick move to transpose them with letters. They spelled an email address. She flung back into the ISP and changed identities to avoid leaving digital footprints. Then she used the hacker's device to find the source of the email. It originated from a foreign server and linked directly to a city in Peru. Moreover, a city in Peru near the border with Colombia. She copied down the information without risking leaving it on her hard drive and got out fast. She folded the sheets of paper covered with her covered with her information because she hadn't wanted to leave anything on her computer that could be accessed if she were online. Placed them in her purse. She smiled sleepily. She climbed into bed with a huge yawn. Alexander, she thought, was going to be impressed. In fact, he was speechless. He went over the figures. In his car in the parking lot on the way to lunch. His eyes match Yogi's and he shook his head. This is ingenious, he murmured. They did do a good job of hiding information, she agreed. No, your work, he corrected instantly. This is quality work, Jody. Quality work. I can't think of anyone who could have done it better. Thanks, she said. Are you taking notes for me? Are you taking notes for Brody Vance? He said with Melvin. You should be working for you. She tackled at the thought of Brody with a he should be working for you. She took at the thought of Brody with a pad and pin sitting with his legs crossed under her skirt in front of him. Then. He wouldn't suit. You don't suit the job you're doing, he replied. When this case is solved, I want you to consider switching vocations. Any law enforcement agency with a cybercrime unit would be proud to have you. Except his. She was thinking, but she didn't say it. A compliment from Alexander was worth something. I might do that, she said, non chemical. I'll put this to good use, he said, sliding the folder sheets into his inside soup on Where do you want to eat, he added. I usually eat downstairs in the cafeteria. They have a blue plate special. Where does your boss have lunch? Brody? When his girlfriend's in town, he usually goes to a Mexican restaurant, El Ronicheria. It's three blocks up near the northern North Expressway, she added. I know where it is. What's his girlfriend like? <laughs> She's very dark, very beautiful, very cheap. She's district marketing manager for the whole Southwest. She over she's oversees our she oversees our sales force for the gas and propane distribution network. We sell all over the world, of course, not just in Texas. But she travels to Mexico and Peru. He murmured as he turned the Jaguar into traffic. She has family in both places, she said disinterestedly. Her mother was moving from a town in Peru near the Colombian border down to Mexico City, and Kara had to help organize it. That's what she told Brody. She found. Oh, I thought Brody said her mother was dead, but then I didn't really pay attention. I've only seen her a couple of times. She leaves Brody around the nose. He's not very forceful. <laughs> you like Mexican food? <laughs> the real thing, yes. He said, well, sorry, I usually get my chili fixed from cans on TV dinners. It's not the same. No, it's not. We used to love eggs ranchero for breakfast. She commented. They could have bitten her tongue out for a bit. <sighs> meaning that she remembered his food promises. Yes, you made them for me at four in the morning the day my father died. Jesse was in tears, so was Marge. <laughs> Nobody was awake. I'd come from overseas and didn't even have supper. You heard me riding around in the kitchen trying to make a sandwich. You called with a stranger tender spot. 
You got up. Started the plate. You got up. And started cooking. Never said a word either. He had the plate in front of me. Poured coffee. And went away. <laughs> I couldn't have talked. Saved my life. Just too broken up. At losing dad. He knew that. I never understood how. Neither did I. She confessed. She looked out the window. It's a cold day. Missed a cold day. Misty rain. City looks moggy. That wasn't surprising. What is it about Vance that attracts you? He asked about Brody. Well, he's kind and encouraging. And he always makes people feel good about themselves. I like being with him. He's, I don't know, comfortable. Comfortable. It made the word sound insulting. Turned into the parking lot of the Mexican restaurant. Who asked? He pointed out. Cut off the engine and glacier. God forbid that a woman should ever find me comfortable. That would take a miracle, she said sweetly and unfastened her seatbelt. He only laughed. They had a quiet lunch. Brody wasn't there, but Alexander kept looking around as if he expected the man to materialize right beside the table. Are you looking for someone? She asked finally. Glanced at her over dessert. Come on. I'm always looking for someone who turned. It's my job. She didn't think about what he did for a living most of the time. Of course, Bulge under his jacket where he carried his gun was a dead giveaway, and sometimes he mentioned a case he was working on. Today, their combined efforts on the computer tracking brought it up, but she could go whole days without realizing that he put himself at risk to do the job. In his position, it was inevitable that he would make enemies. Some of them must have been dangerous, but he'd never been wounded. <laughs> Thinking deep thoughts, he asked as he asked her as he registered her expression. Not really. This flan is delicious. No wonder your boss frequents this place. The food is good, too. I really like the way they make coffee. Kennedy. Alexander called to a man just entered the restaurant, interrupting Jody's comments. An older man glanced his way, hesitated, and smiled broadly. How's he doing? Cobb, he greeted. Good to see you. I thought you were in New Orleans. Alexander commented. I was. Got through quicker than I thought I would. Who's this? He had a curious glance to her. Jody's my girl, Alexander said curiously. Jody, this is Bert Kennedy, one of my senior agents. They shook hands. Glad to meet you, Mr. Kennedy. Same here, Miss. Alexander ignored the question. Jody still smiled at him. Uh, any luck on the shipyard tip? Kennedy asked. Alexander didn't pan out. He didn't meet the older man's eyes. We may put a man at Thorn Oral next week. He said in quiet tone, glancing around, make sure they weren't suspected he's wrong. I'll tell you about it later. Kennedy had been nervous, but now he relaxed and began. Great. I'd love to be in on the surveillance, he added. Unless you have something bigger. We'll talk about it later. See ya. Kennedy nodded. Walked onto the table by the window. Is he one of your best men? She asked Alexander. Kennedy is a renegade. You remember coolly watching the man from a distance. He's the bird who brought mercenaries into my drug bus in Jacobsville the last year. The year before last, without warning me first. One of their undercover guys almost got killed because we didn't know who he was. Eb Scott's management. Yeah, I was already upset because Manuel Lopez had killed my undercover officer, Walt Monroe. He's my newest agent. I sent him to infiltrate Lopez's organization. His eyes went bleak. I wanted Lopez. I wanted him badly. The night of the raid, I had no idea that Scott and his gang were even on the place. They were running a Mexican national undercover. If Kennedy knew, he didn't tell me. We could have killed him or Scott or any of his men. They weren't supposed to be there. 
I expect Mr. Kennedy lived to regret that decision. It gave her a cool. Oh, he regretted it all right. She wasn't surprised that Mr. Kennedy wasn't intimidated was intimidated by Alexander. Most people were herself included. She managed to go away. Thanks for that, she said. I really enjoyed it. He started her with Rowan. You have exquisite manners, he commented. Your mother did too. She felt her cheeks go hot. She was a stickler for courtesy. She replied, So was your father. They were good people. Like your own father. I loved him. My mother never forgave him for leaving her for a younger woman, he commented in railroad. She drank like a fish. Margie and I were stuck with her because she put on such a good front in court that nobody believed she was a raging alcoholic. She got custody and made us pay for my father's infidelities till she finally died. By then, we were almost grown. We still loved him, though. <laughs> she hadn't known the cob's mother very well. Margie had been reluctant to invite her to her home while the older woman was still alive. Though Margie spent a lot of time at Jody's house, Margie and Alexander were fond of Mr. and Mrs. Claiborne, and they brought wonderful Christmas presents to them every year. Jody had often wondered just how much damage his mother had done to Alexander in his younger, formative years. Might explain a lot about his behavior from time to time. Did you love your mother? She asked. You her. I hated her. She swallowed. She thought back to the party to her own inhibition behavior when she'd had those glasses of champagne. She brought back terrible memories for Alexander, his mother, his childhood. Only now did she understand why he reacted so violently. No wonder she made him sick. He identified her behavior with his mother's, but he said oh, other things as well, things she couldn't forget, things that hurt. She dropped her eyes and looked at her much. I really have to get back. <laughs> she began. His hands went across the table. Don't. He said, don't look like that. You don't drink normally, not ever. That's why the champagne hits you so hard. I overreacted. Don't let it ruin things between us, Jody. She took a slow breath to calm herself. She couldn't meet his eyes. She looked at his mouth instead. And that was worse. He was chiseled, sensual's mouth. And she couldn't stop remembering how it felt to be kissed by it. He was expert. He was overwhelming. She wanted him to drag her into his arms and kiss her blind. And that would never do. She would do her hand with a slow smile. I'm not holding grudges, Alexander, sure you certain. Listen, I really have to get back. I've got a USB flash drive full of letters to get out by quitting time. All right, he said. Let's go. Kennedy raised his hand, waved as they went out. Alexander returned the salute, sliding his hand around Jody's waist as they left the building, but she noticed that he dropped it the minute they entered the parking lot, putting on a neck, and she better remember it. She already been hurt once. There was no sense in inviting more pain from the same source. He left her in front at the front door of a building with a curious narrow eyed gaze that stayed with her the rest of the day. Phone on her desk rang early the following morning. She answered it absently while she typed. Do you still like symphony concerts? Came a deep voice in reply. Alexander fingers went across the keys of making her. Uh yes. <laughs> There's a special performance of Debussy to tomorrow night. I read about it in the entertainment section of the newspapers. She said, They're doing Afternoon of Fun and La Mira. What's your favorites? Each of them, I know. I'd love to see it. She admitted, I've got tickets. I'll pick you up at seven. We'll have, we have time to eat supper by then. He added, implying that he was asking her to the concert only, not to dinner. Of course, she replied. I'll have to work late, or I'd include in dinner. He said softly. No problem. I have leftovers that have to be eaten. She said, And I'll see you at seven. At seven. 
<sighs> she hung up. Her hands were ice cold and shaking. She felt her inside shake. Alexandra was taking her to a concert. Mentally, her thoughts flew through her closet. She only had one good dress, a black one. She could pair it with her winter coat and a small strand of pearls that Margie Alexandra had given her when she graduated from college. She could put her hair up. She wouldn't look too bad. They felt like a teenager on her first day and so she realized why they were going out together. Alexandra had just discovered love eternal. He was putting on an act. Why? But why put it on at a concert? The answer came in an unexpected way. Where he stopped by her office a few minutes after Alexander's call, came into the cubicle looking nervous. Is something wrong? She asked. He drew on. About next Saturday, he began. I can't go. She blurted out of his relief with patent. Patent. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. He replied, relief, making him look. Kara's going to be home and she wants to spend the day with me. Alexander's having a, having a birthday party that day. She replied, painfully aware that she wouldn't be invited, although Alexander surely wanted her co workers to think. Was I uh, couldn't help but notice that he took you out to lunch yesterday? He said, You've known him for a long time. A very long time, she says. He just phoned, in fact, to invite me to a concert at the Boozy. The Boozy, he explained. Well, yes, I'll see you there. He said, Karen and I are going too. Isn't that a coincidence? She laughed as he did. I can't believe it. I didn't even know you liked the Boozy. He goes, Actually, I don't. He had to confess, Karen does. She smiled quickly. I don't think Alexander's very keen on him either, but he'll pretend to be. He's mild back. Forgive me, but he doesn't seem quite your type. He began slowly, flushing a little. He's a rather tough sort of man, isn't he? I think he was wearing a gun yesterday, too. Jody, he added when she burst out. He's sort of in security work part-time. She told him without adding where he worked or what he did. Alexander had always made a point of keeping his exact job secret. Even among his friends, for reasons Jody was only beginning to understand. Oh, oh, he left it surely. And here I thought, maybe you were getting involved with a mobster. She hadn't, she'd have to remember to tell Alexander that. <laughs> not that it would impress him. No, he's not quite that bad, she said, but about next Saturday, Bertie, I would have canceled anyway. It didn't feel right. <laughs> no, it didn't, he seconded. You know our two conventional Jody, neither of us is completely step neither of us is comfortable stepping out of bounds. But you never had a speeding ticket. Never sure. Not that I drive very much anyways. It's so convenient to take buses, she added without mentioning that she had to sell her car months ago. The repair bills because it was an older modern right in her life. <laughs> I suppose so. Uh I did notice that your friend drives a new Jaguar. <laughs> she smiled and stated, He and his sister are independent wealthy, she told him. They own a ranch and breed some of the finest cattle in South Texas. That's how he can afford to run a Jaguar. <laughs> I see. Jerk the sands in his box and watch him. Boise. Somehow I never thought of you as a classic concert goer. <laughs> but I am. I love the ballet and theater too. Not that I get the opportunity to see much of them these days. Does your friend like them too? He's the one who taught me about this. He could find he was forever taking me and his sister to performances when we were in our teens. He said that we needed to learn culture, but because it was important. We weren't keen at the time, but we learned to love it as he did. Except for the boys. He had a ticket. And I sometimes think I like that composer just despite him. It's a beautiful piece. If you like modern, I'm a Beethoven man myself. And I don't like Beethoven except for the Ninth Symphony. That figures. Well, thanks for understanding. I uh, guess we'll see you at the concert tonight, then. I guess so. They exchanged smiles, and then he left. She turned her attention back to her computer, curious about the coincidence. Had Alexander known that Brody and his girlfriend, Kara, 
We're going to the same performance, or had it really been one of those inexplicable things? Then another thought popped into my mind. What if Alexander was taking out her company because he suspected Brody of being in the drug lord's organization? End of chapter 5.